It's time now for the complete story with Evan Fowler, a public news and information feature of Bot Radio Network to keep you informed about the most important issues of our day. Now, here is Evan Fowler with today's complete story. This is Evan Fowler with Bot Radio Network. Thank you for tuning in for this special edition of the complete story. And this is the third in a series of three broadcasts where we have been talking with various folks who were at the Values Voters Summit in Washington, D.C. In the first broadcast, we heard from Todd Starnes, Jack Phillips. And remember, Jack Phillips was the uh, fellow he owns Masterpiece Cakes in Colorado. And his case was the one that was taken to the Supreme Court where he won. And then also Carol Swain was on that broadcast. In the previous broadcast, Joel Rosenberg and Gary Bauer were our guests today. We're going to be talking with David Delyden and also two guys who played the roles of detective in the Gosnell movie that's coming out in October, October 12th to be specific. That's a film that we want to make sure that you know about. You've heard about it here on Bot Radio Network. There have been some pre-screenings. There was one in the Kansas City area, and there have been others across the country. But you'll learn more about that film, and you'll hear from a couple of the key actors. It was uh, very, very interesting to talk with them. So first of all, we're going to be talking with David Delyden. And David, uh, as you'll learn, his organization, the Center for Medical Progress, is the one that did the undercover work, the undercover investigations to reveal what was going on and probably still is at Planned Parenthood clinics across the country. They were exposed for their sale of baby body parts, which is illegal. And David Delyden has done incredible work in that area, and we're so thankful for him and for his courage So we're going to bring you that story and more about it here coming right up. Again, David Delyden on the floor of the exhibit hall at the Values Voter Summit in Washington, D.C. Well, I'm pleased to be talking with David Delyden. He's the founder and project lead with the Center for Medical Progress. Uh, And if you would bring our listeners up to date with what CMP uh, has been doing, Uh, I I think if if you remember in the last couple of years, there have there's been a lot of discussion Uh, about uh, Planned Parenthood and its sale of baby body parts. And the Center for Medical Progress, or CMP, has been largely responsible for revealing that to the public. Uh, So bring us up to date with uh, what's going on right now with you, with the organization, and with what's going on and what hopefully will be happening to Planned Parenthood. Sure. So Center for Medical Progress is the organization responsible for the undercover videos of top-level Planned Parenthood executives and doctors negotiating the harvesting and sale of aborted baby hearts and lungs and livers and brains. And um, so since the initial release of those videos uh, about three years ago, um, of course, there were congressional investigations that were prompted by that Senate Judiciary Committee and the House Select Investigative Panel. They confirmed all the major allegations in the videos of profiteering off of body parts, changing abortion methods to get more saleable quality body parts, and the conspiracy and cover-up that was going on at the top levels of Planned Parenthood about that, and issued criminal referrals to state and local and federal law enforcement. And it was just about a year ago, in December 2017, the FBI and USDOJ announced that they were following up on those criminal referrals, and Planned Parenthood and their business partners were under active 
federal investigation. Um, the attorney general of the state of California, first Kamala Harris, who's now a U.S. senator, right. and, and now Javier Becerra, um, they also agree that there are crimes represented on those videotapes. They just think that the crime was the fact that they were recorded in the first place. So the attorney general of California is prosecuting me with 15 bogus felony charges, all based on the California video recording law. This is the first time in history first time in history that the California Attorney General's office has ever prosecuted anybody for undercover video under the recording law in a news gathering context. There are local news journalists in California, CBS Los Angeles, Fox Los Angeles, who do undercover video on a daily All the and time. weekly basis right, right, in the state of California and sure. arguably truly confidential situations sometimes, truly private conversations, yet none of them have heard anything from the attorney general's office. None of them are being prosecuted when they expose an unlicensed uh, marijuana dispensary in Los Angeles or expose animal abuse or expose a, a fraudulent chiropractor. These are real cases of undercover video that they're doing all the time. None of them are being prosecuted for invasion of privacy under the recording law. The only ones who are being prosecuted are if you expose Planned Parenthood for selling baby body parts because Planned Parenthood is a big political backer of both Kamala Harris and Javier Becerra. They have weaponized the justice system in California to attack their political opponents, and it's wrong. Which may give uh, our listeners a sense of why Kamala Harris uh, went after Brett Kavanaugh at the uh, the recent set of hearings, the first official set of hearings. Uh, we know uh, where she comes from on the, the issue of life and abortion. She's pro-abortion. It's a sacrament, essentially, for the left and for liberals. And uh, as you say, what you were doing with these undercover videos was, was perfectly legal, so I would assume that you could probably use precedent, in other words, precedent, the fact that nobody else has been charged uh, yeah. in the case but of doing something. There, there is There is no difference between my conduct and my investigators' conduct and the conduct of these local news reporters at the at, in, in, in Los Angeles and other places. So this is a completely selective prosecution. It's politically motivated, and it's, view, it's, based on, it's based solely on viewpoint discrimination. It's completely legally unsupported. So we're seeking to have the whole thing thrown out this fall on that basis under California law. Something you said in a presentation that you did uh, earlier here at the Values Voter Summit, and I wrote this down, you referred to what's going on with Planned Parenthood, and it's happening with other organizations they are the most culpable. And that the, the term was industrial-scale taxpayer-funded child killing. Yep. That's exactly what's going on. That's yep. what that organization does. Does Planned Parenthood do anything good? Well, it depends on what you mean by Planned Parenthood, and it depends on what you mean anything, I guess. Yeah. I mean, sure, if there's, you know, if there's a, you know, if there's a local medical assistant somewhere at a Planned Parenthood clinic who, you know, somebody skins their knee or something and they give them a Band-Aid, sure, you know, that's somebody doing something good. But Planned Parenthood, their reason for existence, um, the way that they're organized as a $1.5 billion national organization now is they're the biggest abortion business in the entire country right and they are and no matter how many you know good other services they might do whether it's giving somebody an std test or giving them treatment for an actual disease or something like that 
Planned Parenthood is run and operated by the abortion doctors. It's the abortion doctors who are the power behind the throne at Planned Parenthood. They're the ones who run the affiliates. They run the clinics. They set the, the medical policy for the organization nationwide. They are run by the abortion clinics, and every non-abortion thing that they do is just an extra revenue stream in addition to the to the main cash cow, which is the abortion business. They do over 320,000 abortions every year, late-term abortions, any reason, selling the body parts afterwards. They're, 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 a, they're a taxpayer-funded crime syndicate, and they need to be shut down. I love that. That's exactly right. Now, you also mentioned that we are one vote away from defunding Planned Parenthood in the Senate. Now, yeah. some of their funds have been stripped away, have they not, at least in certain states? But yeah, yeah. Lots of, lots of different states have either moved to defund them or, or, or have been able to defund them or defund certain funding streams. The, the most efficient you know, defunding probably would come on a federal level. There's two main streams. One is from Medicaid and one is from the Title X program. Mm-hmm. Um, and, to, and those combined are basically giving Planned Parenthood $550 million, over half a billion dollars in taxpayer subsidies every single wow. year, which goes, to, you know, which goes to keep the lights on, which pays the electricity bill that is used to run the vacuums, that, the vacuum machines that do the first trimester abortions, that's used to keep the lights on so they can see when they're doing the second trimester abortions with their forceps and tearing the babies apart. That pays for medical director salaries. It pays for CEO salaries. It pays for the rent on the building. And in some cases... In some states, like the state of California, our, Medi- our Medicaid program, Medi-Cal, in California, which is a joint state and federal program, so federal taxpayer dollars support the Medi-Cal program, literally pays the bill for the abortion procedures in the state of California. And they say that that's not the case. That they I know. Say they're, they trying, they're trying right? to say, yeah, there's no, 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 there's no separation. No. They go, it's, it, it all, the mm-hmm. money all goes into one pot at the end of the day, and that pot is propping up the biggest abortion business in our country. Now, uh, you had also mentioned a gag order on, uh, apparently you've got a lot more footage yeah. of yeah. stuff that happened in Planned Parenthood. Yeah. I want to see that. When are we going to be able to see that? I, I mean, not that you haven't already released enough Uh, condemning uh, footage that should make it clear to anybody with a brain that what Planned Parenthood's doing, you know, forget the the federal ban on sale of baby body parts. The very fact that they're doing what they're doing, this is clear evidence that they are killing human beings. So can you give us a sense of what the other footage might include? I'm not going to gag you. Yeah, yeah. So so almost half of the undercover footage that we ever gathered is still being censored by Judge Oreck in San Francisco. He's a federal judge, very biased. He was the founder of a Planned Parenthood clinic. He helped open and run and fund a Planned Parenthood in San Francisco for many years. He needs to recuse years. himself. He needs to recuse himself, and he hasn't done that yet. Um, we've asked the appeals court to take the case away from him. We'll see what happens. Um, judge Oreck's responsible for this gag order. That's holding back some of the most damning and incriminating footage that we ever recorded of top-level Planned Parenthood people at abortion industry trade shows. So, so just imagine, a, you know, if people thought it was bad enough when you had one senior-level abortion doctor at a lunch meeting, imagine having a hundred of them all in the room together just talking shot about what they do. Um, it's, it, it's horrific. It's also it's incredibly clarifying for what's at stake here. Um, and for the debate about abortion policy in our country. And that's why Planned Parenthood and their allies have been so desperate to cover it up and to keep these tapes from being released to the public. So is the gag order on releasing it just in California or anywhere? It's a, it's a federal gag order, so it's one of those nationwide injunctions mm. that applies everywhere. Um, we're trying to get that thrown out as well uh, this fall, and we're very hopeful about that. If the judge would follow the law, which is a big if, 
But if the judge would follow the law, he would he would throw the entire case out and dissolve the gag order. So we're going to be pushing for that on October 3rd. All right. Uh, so the Center for Medical Progress at centerformedicalprogress.org, are the videos that have not been gagged still up there and available for people to view? The videos that came out three years ago, those are still available. You can find them at centerformedicalprogress.org or cmp.org. Okay. So we appreciate the work that you've done, and you've been charged with various things. You're dealing with legal issues, and so there's a lot of stress on you and others involved with this. I would ask our listeners to pray that the right thing would be done in these cases. Pray for you and the work that you're doing because it's so, so important. I really appreciate personally your dedication to this extraordinarily important issue of our time. So, David, thank you. Thank you. All right, I've got a couple of detectives sitting in front of me, and I've never really interviewed two detectives at the same time. Uh, I've been interviewed by a detective, mm-hmm. uh, but but actually, uh, I'm kind of kidding. I'm talking with Dean Kane and Alonzo Rachel. Uh, they are two of the lead roles in the Gosnell film that uh, many of you have heard about, and I hope all of you will go and see when it uh, hits the screens. But we recently had a, a preview showing, and there have been preview showings across the country. But Dean and Alonzo both played, you're the, the kind of the lead detective roles in the film, right? Yes, sir. Indeed. Well, give our listeners a little bit of background. Uh, first, uh, Zoe, and I know you like to go by Zoe. Uh, <laughs> it's just uh, easy because people, you know, Alonzo, Alfonso, he gets Zoe. It's the I got more names than the devil. <laughs> <laughs> How did you get into that? I guess you both are actors, right? I mean, is that your trade? It He's is mine. An actor. Yeah. yeah. I just play an actor, uh-huh. <laughs> if that makes any sense. Yeah, that's right. So how did you get started in, in all of this? Well, uh, I was doing a social political commentary with PJTV. I happen to have been a fan, by the way. Oh, thank you. Man. Prior. That's awesome. That's like, now, you know, now I'm on the fence. Oh, now I'm a bigger <laughs> fan now. But I, I knew who he was. Right on, right on. See, see, Dean likes it. <laughs> I right. do. And, um, so I was doing Zonation in 2013, and the Gosnell uh, story had broke, and I did my commentaries on that. And uh, I had become uh, friends with Nick Searcy. And uh, so jump to 2015. And who's Nick? Nick Searcy is the From director Justified, of the yeah. film, but he's also an actor. and was an actor in Justified and tons of other films, mm-hmm. but he directed Gosnell. Tons. I mean, and uh, now he remembered me from 2015. Thank you for remembering me, Nick. <laughs> uh, calls me up and uh, says, hey, Zoe, we're working on this movie. I want you to be in it. I'm, I'm like, Nick, man, I'm on, I'm on tour with my band. He's like, yeah, whatever. Cancel your dates. I'm like, who do you think you are? I'm Nick Cersei. Uh, okay, okay, sir. <laughs> sir, see? And uh, so I, I canceled, we canceled our dates and uh, went out to Oklahoma. And I'm like, you know, I, I mean, I, I gather from my commentaries that he had the confidence that I could, I could pull off the role. But, you know, I can't really say that. Well, I mean, I don't know what his vetting process was. And I'm nervous as, as all get out. You know, it's like, okay, I'm, I'm going to be with Dean Kane, seasoned actor, Nick Searcy. You know, this guy, this, this is no joke. I'm really nervous. I got to keep up with these cats. Right? And But they were so gracious and they were so patient with me, man. It was... Man, well, it was well, I've seen... You're a natural. I've seen the film. I saw the preview. And you, you did a good job. Let me just tell you that, So Thank you. you He's a natural. Job. Yeah. Dean, how about you? How did you get involved in this film and, and how did you get into acting? Well, I, I grew up around acting my whole life. I grew up in Malibu, California. I grew up with kids, Sean Penn, Chris Penn, Rob Lowe, Charlie Sheen. These are my neighbors. My dad was a director. My dad directed Young Guns, starring half of those kids. Uh, you know, So I grew up around it and in it, and it just seemed a natural progression for me. I, um, 
I was a, an athlete, a big athlete growing up. Uh, I ended up going to Princeton University. I played football there. I was an All-American football player, and I, I played uh, volleyball as well, and I ran track. And then I went and uh, was a professional football player for about a half an hour, 45 minutes. <laughs> I, got, I went to the Buffalo Bills, and I got injured, and I had to find a new career. And I knew it was going to be in film. I just didn't expect that it was going to be so early. And uh, then I started working in film and doing doing commercials and writing and doing all the stuff it takes. And then after a few years, I was lucky enough to be cast as Superman. And then from there, I've had a wonderful, wonderful career. And I've had, a, you know, decades. I've done hundreds of films. And so I'm, I'm, I'm extremely blessed and lucky to have done that. This film, uh, they came to me and said, hey, this is the film we're going to make. Are you interested in playing uh, Detective Woods? And, and I said, you know, let me see it. And I read it. Compelling story. Amazing. I remember hearing... Gosnell. I remember hearing the name. I was familiar with the name, but I hadn't. I didn't really know the story, and that's part of the film. Nobody knows the story because he, right. the, 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 the media didn't, problem. They didn't right. cover it, and they don't no. want to cover it because abortion is a very dirty word. Okay, so you know, I'm going to assume that there's some some listeners here who have not heard that name. Zoe, just very quickly, what's the story about Gosnell? Gosnell is a an abortion facilitator. It, it's it's really a disgrace to call him a doctor. He's an yes. abortion facilitator, and what he was doing was performing um, late-term, not only late-term abortions, but he was also uh, birthing the children alive. You know, he would induce labor, uh, uh, birth them alive, and then from there he would he would snip their neck. It was a method he called snipping, and what he would do is he would stab them in the back of the head and cut their spine. And not only that, and how they found out about it was it was a drug bust. He had teenage staff administering drugs, you know, uh, uh, stuff that they were not licensed or, or in, any sort of or trained to, to, use or trained all, to yeah. do. It. What was it? Twenty minutes of training or something like and, that. And there you go. You got and, and you have this person's life in your hands. Right, and you know, and patients died from this. So starting from there is how it, it turned into uh, going after the abortion facilitator because right. they didn't want to touch it. Based it's on so it. politically charged. Nobody yeah. wants to touch it. Mm-hmm. Heck, and then with this movie, nobody wanted to touch the movie. Right. Yeah. yeah. yeah nobody wanted right. to distribute it. Nobody wanted to make it. It was funded by Indiegogo. And it was funded very quickly, um, and and then once we made the film, ready to put it out there, nobody wanted to put it out there. Nobody wanted to touch it. So uh, we're fortunate, and we're very happy that it's getting out now, and we want people to come see it. Now, it actually premieres October 12th, I believe, yes, correct? Sir. All right. And, and here's the thing that I have learned, uh, you know, at the premiere, because uh, let me see if I can get the name right. Phelan McAleer, <laughs> one of the screenplay writers, he and his He's wife. He's a producer. A producer. And, and he was there in, in Kansas City at that screening, and he emphasized how important it is. And this is for any film, but especially a film like this, how important it is that people go out and see it that first weekend. Because, and I asked you, Zoe, before we got started here about how many theaters, how many screens it's going to be on, what, 800? Six and 700. Six, six and 800, yeah. Yeah. So it, it's highly important for people to get out and see it. And, you know, and we're not just trying to make a film successful. That's not right. at all what we're talking about here. This is a story that had to be told, and it sheds light. on. And this is this one guy in Philadelphia who... I would have to say he's a sociopath. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't, I'm not, uh, you know, I'm not a psychiatrist, but just observing the way this man acted. He know, doesn't think he did anything wrong. Right. right. To this day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it would say it's a very similar pattern, perhaps, to what happened during Hitler's Germany. Right. With the Nazis. There were many, many people who were guilty of horrific crimes. They think they're doing the right thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy mixed up thinking. 
it's it's uh you know there's something really wrong with with the mind the soul perhaps the brain of the person that can do something like this and speaking of speaking of hitler that was uh, i think according to uh ann and phelan with their interview gosnell being a bush doctor everything he found about out uh, everything he knew about hitler and uh, his visitation with uh, uh, the camps and stuff like that, his his response was uh, to it was uh, what was it? Uh, fascinating. Everything was really fascinating. Mm-hmm. Like he said it with enthusiasm. Wow. You know this? It's 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 fascinating. It's so fascinating. You know? Well, you well, were- Philip and they wrote the book, and I, I didn't get a chance to read. The, did you read the book? I did read the book. Oh man, you're a better student than me. <laughs> uh, I should have read, but they wrote a, I, they wrote the the account of all this is in the book, and in, in a book you can get much more detail than you can in a yeah. film. No well, uh, so the point I was getting to is is that Gosnell, and I'm not going to call him a doctor either, but the the story about Gosnell, uh, certainly he's one of the most egregious practitioners. But my understanding is that there are others who are doing similar things around the country. Mm-hmm. Am I correct? Got to, man. Yeah, I, I would imagine that's the case. I can't say without going and inspecting mm-hmm. places, but I would not be yeah. surprised yeah. in the least. Um, part of what allowed him to get away with that for so long is they wouldn't, they hadn't inspected his clinic in how long? Was it, was it, was it 2,000 years? Uh, yeah. It was, it's like, I mean, like 10, 15, uh, 10, 15 years. Yeah. yeah, like that long. Uh, that which is crazy. Now this is the irony of that, though. What do people always say? Abortion needs to be well regulated, and it, it, to make it safe, it needs to be legal and needs to be safe. And that's what they're always and rare. Saying. You remember the Clintons said it rare. needs to be safe, legal, and rare, right? Which now, is crazy. Which is antithetical mm-hmm. to to what happens with these claims because they were withheld from regulating it. They were withheld from inspecting it. And they you always know? oppose the Planned Parenthoods and the rest of them. Always oppose regulation like that. You know, here's a medic, so-called medical clinic. Here's you know, there are surgical procedures taking place. Mm-hmm. There are people who are bleeding, and yet they are resistant to being inspected. Gee, mm-hmm. I wonder why. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a, you know, watch the film. That's yeah. like I said. Yeah. Watch the film, and there's one example. I want to ask you a question about. There was a scene, and it's during the the, the trial. And, and my understanding is that the words that were used during the trial were exact lifts from the transcripts of the court records. Correct? Yeah, I believe that's the case. Yeah. So there was uh, there was one portion of the trial where there was on the stand a, a again a so-called doctor, an abortionist, and I believe she she worked for Planned Parenthood. I'm not sure about that, but anyway, she was an abortionist. And she was asked by the defense attorney, by Gosnell's defense attorney, about some of the things that they do. Can one of you sort of relate that piece, if you remember, about that testimony? It's difficult to, to address that without a spoiler. Okay. Because it, uh, what's because there's something that's really being set up the way he plays that out. But basically, he uh, uh, the, the Cohen character, um, played by Nick Cersei, by, by Nick Cersei uh, takes the doctor through an abortion procedure right. and then a hypothetical of what if. And this was a witness for the defense. Right, right. It's like, dude, are you, are you badgering your own witness? <laughs> like, but, it's, but he takes her through, to, but he's setting up you know, his, his point, which is like, uh, you know, it's, it's masterfully done uh, to, to make his case that mm-hmm. really you know, sets the courtroom off. Um, but yeah, in, in, in doing that, you know, when you're looking at the procedure, one of the things that we're trying to, you know, it's, it's one of those, it's entertaining entertaining it's a very entertaining moment it's very engaging but at the same time very teachable because it really mm-hmm. it's like a light has to go on with people when they break this stuff down and it's not done preachy not at it's all. done i mean you know it's like perry mason would be proud yeah it was well done you know yeah. 
And, uh, well, you know, but that that particular scene, and I'm sure when it happened in the courtroom, it's what I would refer to as a hunt for Red October moment. The uh, torpedo was launched intending to hit a target, but it actually turned around and came back and hit them <laughs> because the actress and then, of course, in real life, uh, this abortion doctor, who, by the way, performed somewhere around 40,000 abortions in the movie, and Phelan said, we toned it down. We, we said 30,000 because, we, you know, we, we didn't want people to think, well, that, you know, this is an exaggeration. They actually understated the actual number. This abortionist, in her description, in her testimony, sank the ship, I think. It was, that was almost a turning point in the trial, and, and it was just amazing. Any other comments that you want to make about about your experience uh, acting in this film or the importance of the film that, that you'd want our listeners to know about? Well, I, I think something that's really important for people to understand is is we are not taking a position. The, the film isn't taking a position. We're telling the story. And you can take whatever position you want to. You can come in with whatever, whatever preconceived idea you have, and maybe you'll change it after you're done watching. Maybe you won't. But we, we tell the story as it really happened. And... You know, let everybody else figure out what happens in, the, in their own heart and their own mind. But that's that's what we want to make that clear to people. They want to think we're not. They're not going to see a piece of propaganda. They're just going to see mm-hmm. what really took place. Mm-hmm. So. It's kind of like the, it's a it's a Trojan horse effect. You know, it's not so much uh, you know promoting it as a, a, a pro life film. You know, once they get in there, they'll they'll figure it out for themselves. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, that's one of the things that we're trying to you know trying to do not to make it too preach or anything like like I have my position on. It. It's like yeah, I'm absolutely pro life. But at the same time, I know that, you know, doing things very on the nose is one of those things that kind of turns people away. Yeah. Uh, so people will see, you know, the film and, uh, no, it's not, it's not necessarily propaganda. And it, does, it doesn't take creative liberties. It's basically a dramatization of whatever. Really, right. the, the biggest creative liberty taken with the movie is it's my not, character. Oh, you. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty much one of the only made-up aspects of the movie, you know, to make it a little bit more spicy. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Detective Stark really doesn't exist. Dean Cain plays the guy who does exist and uh-huh. everybody else. Yeah. Uh, but for that's about the only creative liberty that was really taken. Other than that, it's pretty straightforward. Yeah, Especially right. the stuff that was taking place in, inside the courtroom. That's, the fact that that stuff is actually lifted from the court testimony is amazing. Yeah, it is. Well, uh, guys, uh, once again, the film, it's the Gosnell film, and I can't remember the, to- the, the full title. Can you, what's the just full Gosnell title? Is, okay. yeah, yeah, the just Gosnell. Okay, yeah, the Gosnell film. Uh, you, folks, you've got to see it, and you've got to take people there because it's, it's an amazing, it's very, very well done, and it's something that you, you've got to know about and you need to know about. So, guys, thank you for the hard work and the great work that you did in that film. Thank you. We're, thank you for having us on. We're, we're excited for people to see it. So we just heard from Dean Cain and Alonzo Rachel, the two co-stars in the film about the tragedy that took place in Philadelphia that ended up with a conviction of uh, Mr. Gosnell. I won't call him doctor. So that was quite a victory. And, of course, very interesting conversation with those two. And prior to that, of course, uh, David Delighton with the Center for Medical Progress and the work that they've been doing to uncover the illegal activities uh, of Planned Parenthood and what's been going on there. Well, it's been great being able to bring you some of the conversations that we had at the Values Voter Summit. This is the Values Voter Summit 2018 that took place just not too long ago in Washington, D.C. It's an annual event, uh, again, that's put together by the Family Research Council, the organization 
that Tony Perkins runs. And again, you can hear Tony Perkins broadcast Washington Watch every day right here on Bot Radio Network. It's at 4 o'clock Central Time. We encourage you to listen to that program to keep uh, up on the very important issues of our day. So it's been great bringing you these discussions, these interviews. For Bot Radio Network, this is Evan Fowler. Thanks for listening to this special edition of The Complete Story.